Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly and joining me today, co-hosting me, the lovely Jen Hale. And uh, I can't complain about being tired anymore because Jen worked Minnesota, Washington on Sunday, flew into Memphis for Monday's Grizzlies-Pelicans game, and is here this morning and then will be at the Smoothie King Center tonight for Pelicans-Hornets. Jen, I don't know how your even eyes are open right now. I knew I got to come in and work with you for a little while, so it energized me. I was ready. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, I can't give you some good news after the Pelicans fell last night to the Grizzlies, 93-81 to to Grizzlies. Off to their best start in franchise history, 4-0. The Pelicans dropped to 1-2. And, and Jen, I don't know if it just comes down to bad shots. I mean, the Pelicans shot 34%. How would you describe last night's game on the Pel side? It was a slow defensive grind for both teams, Daniel, and, and the Pelicans just never got going offensively. You know, when, when Ryan Anderson doesn't sink a three and Eric Gordon's held to just seven points, Anthony Davis, uh, I think he ended with 14 Um it's, it's, it's a bad night. It's a tough night. They never got into a rhythm. But let's let's be fair. The Memphis Grizzlies are the number one scoring defense in the NBA. Right. So, in theory, this should be the toughest, t- toughest test this offense faces this season. Uh, and Memphis, Memphis obviously won, but they didn't run away with it. The Pelicans were in it the entire time. Um, it, it was disappointing that they couldn't come on fire and come alive when they needed to because they could have had the game, but it certainly wasn't a blowout. There were a lot of good learning moments and learning tools to take away from this game last night. And it seemed like the Grizzlies are a slower-paced team. They like to stop the ball, run a lot of the shot clock, get it down to their big man in Gasol and Randolph. It seemed like the Pelicans couldn't get out of that pace. They couldn't stop them and couldn't do what the Pelicans usually do, which is push the ball. You are 110% right, exactly. And the Charlotte Hornets tonight are just like that as well. They're they're a slow-paced team. That's where the grind comes in. They rely on their big men in the low post. Uh, last night it was Mark Gasol and um, – um, Zach Randolph. Excuse me, Zach Randolph, yeah. and tonight it'll be Al Jefferson. So it's very similar matchups, uh, and the Pelicans, yeah, they just couldn't push the pace, and that has been a key for them last season and a key this season. Anthony Davis can run. Most mm-hmm. big men like that can't run. So that's a huge matchup issue, to borrow a football term. And, and no, the Pelicans were not able to do that last night. They are going to hope to do that 
tonight. Hopefully they uh, drink some Gatorade and, and take some Wheaties, I yes. guess, because <laughs> it's their first back-to-back of the season, and, and I know they'll be a little tired. But um, it's one they should certainly get up for because these are two great teams, uh, both expected to make the playoffs. So a great initial test for the Pelicans of where they really stand and what they really need to improve on. And we'll get a full preview of the Hornets-Pelicans tonight with Steve Martin, the television voice of the Hornets. Is it weird saying Pelicans-Hornets? I think it's going to be weird tonight seeing Hornets on the opposite side coming into the Smoothie King Center. I'm just going to warn you now, I'm probably going to botch this all <laughs> night long. I'm just getting over stopping myself from saying Hornets and saying Pelicans. Now mm-hmm. to say them both in the yep. same sentence of the same game, yeah, it's gonna. there's going to be some rough moments somewhere. But I think it's a neat story for Charlotte that they got the name back. I do think that's where it belongs. Good for them. Um, you know, these teams, just like the Pelicans here, they're special. They mean something to these areas. So I think it's really cool that they got the name back and that the city's so fired up about it. Uh, I do hope. Pelicans triumph over the Hornets the first time yes. they're back at the Smoothie King Arena, but I think it's a fun story for them. Yeah, and I'm still saying Bobcats too a little bit, so I gotta get rid of the Hornets, Pelicans, and the Bobcats. Too many names to worry about. But again, come to the Smoothie King Center tonight. Hornets and Pelicans tickets still available five two five hoop or pelicans.com. Switching to football, Monday Night Football. Hopefully you're watching Pelicans Grizzlies, but the Colts over the Texans forty to twenty four. Andrew Luck continues to impress three hundred and fifty four yards throwing four touchdowns and a. Uh, Jen, it seems like in the in the AFC you have the Patriots, you have the Broncos, I think you have the Colts, but in the NFC it seems so wide open. I know the Cardinals are seven to one, but there really hasn't been a team that you can say, okay, Super Bowl contenders. Um just how open is this NFC right now? Yeah, I think it's wide open. There's a lot of football left to play, and, and a team can get hot and close strong, and the first half of the season almost doesn't matter. All you need to do is get into the playoffs in some cases, in some instances. Uh, I've been very impressed with the Arizona Cardinals. They're a team that you felt like you could see the pieces trying to come together for several years. I really like Bruce Arians. That guy is a great coach. He knows how to motivate players. He knows how to get the best out of them. That defense is so strong, and they've had a lot of injuries, and they're still doing what they're doing, shutting down offenses. And shoot, you look at the beginning of the season, they were they were playing with backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Carson Palmer had that, that nerve injury. So I look for big things out of them. If they can sustain, it would, uh, you know, kind of hurts to say. We had talked about when the Super Bowl was in New Orleans, the Saints were going to be the right. first team to play in the Super Bowl in their city. I think we could see that with the Cardinals this season, this year. Um, and as far as the NFC as a whole and the NFC South, yeah, geez, um, the Charlotte Panthers started hot. They seem to be, Carolina Panthers, mm. excuse me, they seem to be uh, cooling off a little bit somewhat. But with Cam Newton, you can just never tell. Mm-hmm. He's got some great weapons there. Uh, that front four defensively for the Panthers, on paper, they should be awesome. They started the season off probably the number one front in right. the NFL. So they could turn it on again at a moment's notice. So I don't think anybody can sleep on any of these teams and and think that anything's a foregone conclusion. I do think what's going to be interesting, Daniel, I actually had the Panthers-Cincinnati Bengals game that ended in a tie, Mm -hmm. and I'm very curious to see down the stretch if that is what helps the Saints come out on top in the division. I remember, I think it was four or five years ago in the Falcons, they had a tie against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They ended up 9-6-1. That propelled them in the playoffs, and they upset the Packers in the playoffs. Keep in mind, the last team to make the playoffs when their city is hosting the Super Bowl 2000. So it's been a while. The Buccaneers were the last team to make the playoffs when they were hosting the Super Bowl. It looks like the Cardinals will get that way. But what about the Saints? Three straight home games. They are tough opponents. You have the 49ers, Bengals, and Ravens. But with three straight wins and their success at home, they can get right in the back of that 
uh, home field advantage race. If they could go three and out here, that would be huge for this team before they have to go on the road versus the Steelers. This Sunday's matchup against the 49ers, they've got a lot of adversity on that team right now, Daniel. Things are not going well with the head coach. Uh, all is not well in Harbaugh land, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially after that, after that 13 and 10 loss to the St. Louis Rams. That does worry me in the sense that I think the 49ers are going to come out looking for redemption, very hungry. However, I don't know if there's the cohesiveness and there's the teamwork on that team to pull it out in an atmosphere like the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. They do have some weapons. Got to be aware of Frank Gore, Michael Crabtree, Vernon Davis. Everybody remembers him from that uh, playoff game Mm -hmm. (laughs) when when he scrambled on right down the sidelines. I forget how long the run was. It felt like 110 yards. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's not a team you can sleep on, but I think I think the Saints should have a should win this one uh, fairly fairly dramatically. Um, the Bengals the next week yeah. worried me. They are a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. They play well on the road. Marvin Lewis is a smart head coach. They're going to have to bring their A game for that one. Yeah, remember last year in the Dome, 49ers uh, fell 23-20. It was that big Ahmad Brooks call on Drew Brees. So I bet you they will never forget that. And so they might bring that animosity into the Dome on Sunday, we'll have a preview of that um, 49ers Saints game. Taylor Price, senior reporter from 49ers.com, will join me a little bit later. We'll have some Pelicans Hornets talk with Steve Martin. But up next, Jen will stick around and we'll have Pelicans postgame reaction from Monty Williams and Tyreek Evans. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes, and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. This is Pelicans head coach, Monty Williams, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, like we mentioned in the first segment, the Pelicans fell last night to the Memphis Grizzlies, 93-81. to The Pels just could not hit a shot last night, unfortunately. 29 of 86, 33.7%. Same from downtown, 4 of 24, 17% in the free throws. They went into the last night's game worst in the league at 61%. They technically improved, but 65% is really nothing to, to smile about 19 of 29 from there only 12 turnovers though and Jen I guess if we have to try to find some positives I would say the Pelicans defense is one to quickly look at absolutely I mean you look at uh, what Memphis scored last night and they did not run away with this game by any stretch the Pelicans defense held them in the game and in fact that was Monty Williams exact halftime message to the team continue trusting in the defensive strategy and working at it because that's what's going to open up the offense and they did that the offense 
never got going, but certainly the, the Grizzlies didn't go on some crazy tear of scoring. And I was really encouraged and impressed with how Anthony Davis and Omer Oshik handled a really great big men duo in Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol. Uh, they they had good nights, but they certainly didn't have stellar nights. They, they did what they usually do. And uh, Davis and, and, and Oshik were able to do a good job containing them and staying with them. Great warm-up for Al Jefferson tonight. Yes. Uh, a couple of, of fun stats. Last season, five players averaged 20 points and 10 rebounds. Jefferson and Davis on that list. They're fourth and fifth. Kevin Love, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMarcus Cousins, Jefferson, and A.D. But when you look at players who averaged 20 points, 10 rebounds, and shot 50% or better from the field, field goal percentage, it's only Jefferson and Davis. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a, a great face-off tonight. I'm excited to watch those two on the court. I think Davis is going to be fired up for this one uh ready to prove himself could we see a lot of switching between davis and oshik both on jefferson how much will that play because you know last night you had to worry about randolph and gasol and i don't want to you know slouch at anybody on the hornets but it seems like it's al jefferson you mostly have to worry about is it going to be more oshik on him or are you going to see maybe a little bit of both on him i agree i think to some extent it's going to be both um ryan anderson is really the one who's been coming in to to spell and pace oshik and just size-wise, I don't think that matchup works. Right. So I, I do think you're going to see that. And, and I think AD wants his shot to go head-to-head with this guy somewhat. And certainly from the rebounding percentage, from the field goal percentage, he wants to prove he can hang right there with him. And we've seen that he has. I mean, goodness, Daniel, I feel like every game there's a different new historical note to talk right. about with AD. And, and this is going to be a premier game for him. He has a lot of respect for Jefferson and wants to show how improved he is and how he can hang with him. Let's go back talk about the Pelicans-Grizzlies. Last night after the game, Sean Kelly caught up with head coach Monty Williams outside the Pelicans locker room. Coach, it looked like nothing came easy for your team tonight. No, nothing uh, for sure came easy. We, we really struggled to shoot the ball tonight, and, and that's you know nothing you can coach. You have to just encourage the guys to keep taking the shots. Um, I don't know what we shot in the paint. We'll look at the numbers later, but just a lot of shots around the basket. Um, missed a lot of open jump shots and gave them a few five-point swings tonight where we missed a layup or tried to throw a lob, and they come right back down and get a three. And, you know, for a team that doesn't shoot a lot of threes, they only made four. I dare say three of them came off of our missed layups. So it's a tough game for us against a tough playoff team that we had a chance to win it and took the lead and couldn't uh, increase our lead and didn't really – give ourselves a cushion, we'll give them all the credit in the world. They played their game tonight, and we didn't adjust and play our game. With that being said, Coach, are you getting the looks you want? I, I guess that's what I'm gauging here is are they, are they good looks or are you missing bad looks? No, we've, we've made a – obviously in an NBA game, there's going to be some tough shots taken because that's what NBA players do. But we had a number of open looks tonight. Uh, you know, Ryan's not going to go uh, two for 14. You know, that, that just doesn't happen. Uh, Drew is four for eleven. Uh, Tyreek seven for seventeen. You know, so I don't. You know, this is a bit of an anomaly for us missing shots like that. We had a thirteen point first quarter. Um, our defense was sound. They had ninety three points, and I, I, f- I figure if we make shots that night, those nine, that ninety three turns into eighties because we're not uh, always playing in transition defense. So we're getting the shots. We got to knock them down. Do you feel disjointed in any way with your team's offense? Does it seem out of sync in any way, or do you feel like it's coming together here through the first three games? No, I think it's, it's a process, obviously. 
but we're like I told you, we're getting open shots out of our offense. Um, there are times when you play against a good defensive team, they take you out of stuff, as we did to them. I mean, they only scored 93 points. Um, but we, can't, we just couldn't make shots tonight. It happens. Coach, when you have a night like this, are you, are you glad you get right back at it tomorrow night with a game? Yeah, this, this is what our team has to go through. You know, you have a tough game like this or a good game, you got to see how you can muster up the energy, the effort, and it shouldn't be hard this time of the year. It's an exciting time for us to start the season. Uh, the good thing for us is we're playing playoff teams, and so we have a great understanding of how we have to play every single night against good teams. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Leading the way for the Pelicans, Tyreek Evans, 21 points, 7 of 17 shooting, 5 of 8 from the foul line, 2 of 4 from downtown, 7 rebounds, 4 assists in the last game, nearly putting up a triple-double in the loss. Um, so 29, he had 29, 10, and 9. Seems like Tyreek has gotten it going in the few, first few games. Tyreek has been absolutely clutch for this New Orleans squad. Keep him in the starting lineup. Yes. <laughs> I am no basketball coach, but uh, <laughs> that's my amateur advice. He, he just has produced, we saw it last season, he's produced so much more coming out of the starting lineup. And I talked to him about it. it I, I really don't think it's an ego thing. I believe him when he says, you know, I get into a rhythm and I get into a pace and I know how to spell myself and how to, how to be efficient from that starting role. It's harder for me to find that rhythm off the bench. So if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Tyreek has been absolutely key for the squad in all three games. Last night, you know, he played his college ball in Memphis, so yeah. it was somewhat of a homecoming for him. Uh, a lot of fans there certainly recognized him mm -hmm. and remembered him. And he just he he always attacks. He's always aggressive. He's never one that needs to be motivated. And, and, and I think he's a key player for the Pelican squad. After the game, he caught up with uh, Jim Eichenhofer in the Pelicans locker room. Yeah, keeping the ball on my side. So um, we're a veteran team. I mean, uh, we expected that we just um, didn't come up with the win. What adjustments you, you thought you guys made in the third quarter when you made that run? I mean, we just got a habit of, um, you know, coming out slow and uh, trying to pick it up third quarter and then we use a lot of energy and then try to bring bring us back in the fourth quarter. You know, we kind of making bad decisions, but we, we had to lead down to five a couple times. You know, um, we tried to you know, make the big play and then, and then work for it and they came back and hit a three and that kind of kind of hurt us. Everybody knows they're, they're a really good defensive team, but you have to chop some of this up to just a lot of guys for you guys just not making shots that they would normally make. Right, I thought just like I said, it was one of those nights um, when the shot wasn't falling, but we can't let that affect us um, playing hard and getting to the basket and trying to find a way to get other things going. You know, and um, you know it's gonna be nice like that. It's part of the league. It's a long season. You know, she uh, gotta uh, shake this enough. All right, so the good thing about the back-to-backs, you can forget about last night's game. Quick turnaround tonight against the Charlotte Hornets, and coming up next, we'll preview. Uh, tonight's game with the television voice of the Hornets, Steve Martin. That's yours next on the Black and Blue Report. Don't miss country music star Charlie Pride at Beauravage on Friday, November 7th. Share a unique musical journey and a night of hits with the amazing Charlie Pride. Visit Beauravage.com for tickets. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free 
and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. We continue our Pelicans Hornets preview today with the television voice of the Charlotte Hornets, Steve Martin. Steve, have you gotten used to saying Hornets yet, or are you still saying Bobcats every now and then? Yeah, no, I uh, I get the first syllable out, and then after that I do. It, it, I'll tell you the truth, it was easier coming from Bobcats to Hornets than it was from going Hornets to Bobcats. Because uh, when I was going Hornets to Bobcats, it was almost under fred, a threat of death if you said Hornets. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit more positive, I guess, right now. Yeah, yeah, this is a little more positive. Uh, this whole time, the Hornets have been promoting their brand with Bring Back the Buzz. Is the buzz back in Charlotte with the new name? Yeah, it certainly is because this whole thing started with the crowd. It, 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 this was not a team idea. If if Michael Jordan had to do this uh, three more times, he, he wouldn't. It, it, it was specifically as they polled the fans, they did a lot of marketing research, and the marketing research came back all the same, almost 80 to 85% bring back the name. We want the name back. And so Michael responded. Now, the records is another topic of discussion. It looks like the Pelicans will keep all records from uh, 2002 when the team was here and in OKC, and the Hornets keep everything up until the move. Is that the right move in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I, th- I was surprised by it, to tell you the truth, because it takes a cooperative effort, I think, between the two franchises. Mm-hmm. And there's been nothing but cooperation from the Pelicans, uh, all the way down to the last move that they just made this past weekend, and that was giving the uh, uniform and the number retired by Bobby Phil's uniform back uh, to the Hornets into its rightful spot in Charlotte, where it hangs from the rafters of the Time Warner Cable Arena, and we thought it was a great move. They've been so cooperative through this, uh, this effort, and, uh, and I think it is unusual for the records to come back, uh, but what is you know what is Charlotte's is Charlotte's and what is New Orleans is New Orleans. I think that's fair. Yep, absolutely. Let's talk about your team for a second. They have the same record as the Pelicans, one and two. What have you learned about this Hornets team three games in? Well, they're struggling somewhat offensively, especially early in games. They've uh, had to fight themselves out of double-digit holes in all three games. Uh, they've been successful somewhat in those three, but haven't, haven't been able to finish. Memphis, as you know. Uh, New Orleans, having played them last night, that that is a very good defensive team. They're a veteran team. Um, they just got, you know, they, they were, it was a great game of seesaw down through the end. Um, they're a good defensive team, and and they give you a lot of troubles. And um, but the Hornets really seem to get themselves together in the second half of games, but they can't start in a double-digit hole with this team tonight because this team will keep you down. I know last year we came down here and got demolished. Um, by about uh, 25 points, and the game was over by halftime. And that is a that is a threat to happen every time uh, the Pelicans take the floor. They're very good. Now the Hornets also brought in Lance Stevenson from the Pacers. He's struggled in his first three games, 7.7 points per game and shooting just under 30%. Are you concerned about his production? It's only three games, or is he just needing to adjust to uh, a new system? Well, he has he spent some time out in preseason because of a, a, a groin injury, and that is tough to recover from. It takes a while to get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, he struggled, but defensively and doing the other things, like the, uh, the second game of the season or the first game of the season, he got seven points, but he wound up with uh, 14, 13 rebounds and eight assists, and that's typical of uh, Lance Stevenson, of what he did all the time in, in Indiana. The scoring 
has been kind of, uh, um, you know, it's been kind of odd for him because all of his career he's averaged about seven points a game, but he's always done well in the other areas. He's the best rebounder among players, 6'5 and under. Um, he plays bigger than his frame suggests, and uh, he really um, plays, he, he, I guess the, maybe the frustrating thing to Steve Clifford, he's, he's a better game player than he is a practice player. We're talking with Steve Martin, the television voice of the Charlotte Hornets. Now, you're talking about the struggles on the offensive end. They only average 90 points per game in the first three, but on defense, they're allowing only 91 points per game. Is the defensive number skewed by their pace of play, or is this defense uh, really playing well in the first three games? No, the defense is playing well because, actually, they, they really want to get out and run, but they just haven't been able to put anything in the bucket. And uh, the, the problem is is shooting under 35% in the first half of all three games that they've played so far been much better in the second half if if it were up to them they'd love to get out and run a little bit more uh they're not a slow it down team the, the memphis game where they only scored combined 140 points was that both teams were inept offensively now steve uh the pelicans added omer oshik uh help uh anthony davis in the front court so you have davis and oshik tonight you have al jefferson down low for the hornets you have marvin williams at the four how does al jefferson how does that front court try to tackle oshik and davis down low well, that's going to be difficult because typically you're going to put uh, Al on the center and you're going to put uh, a, a stretch small, fo- a stretch power forward who is six eight and in Marvin Williams. He'll likely be watching Davis early on. So that's that's a big mismatch problem that uh, uh, Steve Clifford hoped to address at shoot around today and trying to help out with a team defensive concept. It's not unusual to see somebody like a Lance Stevenson flip over to that position as well. Um, the, this team is hurt tonight without Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. He uh, bruised a rib uh, in the game against New York, and a terrible fall, found nothing to break his fall on the floor. And uh, he's, been, he's playing with renewed confidence on offense, and he's always been a defensive stalwart uh, for the Hornets. So he'll be missing from the lineup tonight. So the, that'll be an adjustment, and thus, thus the adjustment to the two towers underneath, and especially with Davis. All right, before I let you go, a couple keys for the Hornets tonight. They want to knock off the Pelicans at home. Got to have a better start than they've had in any of their three games so far this season. Um, and defensively, keep, keep doing the things that they've done. Uh, try to get um, Gerald Henderson will probably get a, a start tonight with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist out. Uh, he'll have to have a good game. He's looking to have a good game. He didn't play any in preseason. Uh, and then, of course, Al Jefferson has to be Al Jefferson. And Al Jefferson, when he is, uh, plays his number, he's a... Uh, 20 points and 10 rebounds, and he'll have to do that. The pressure is on for him to deliver tonight. That's the television voice of the Charlotte Hornets, Steve Martin. Steve, thanks for the time, and I'll see you at the Smoothie King Center tonight. All right, good. I'm looking forward to it. All right, when we come back, we'll turn our attention to football, begin previewing Saints 49ers with 49ers.com senior writer Taylor Price. More Black and Blue Report in one minute. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, No matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day 
are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. Joining me now to help start the preview of Saints 49ers is Taylor Price, senior reporter for 49ers.com. Taylor, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Taylor, you mentioned this on your Twitter page yesterday that the 49ers lost four games in 2012, four games in 2013, and now after falling to the Rams at home on Sunday, they already have four losses this season. What has been the biggest issue for the Niners halfway through their season? Yeah, I think it's been a lot of continuity. There's been some injuries on offense and defense. We're relying on rookies more so than ever before in the Jim Harbaugh era. You have a rookie starting at center. You had a rookie playing for Patrick Willis, and you have a rookie playing slot cornerback, which is very important in in today's National Football League. So I think getting these young guys up to speed has been very challenging. And the other part of it is the offensive line has been in flux throughout the year. Anthony Davis has battled some injuries. Now he's back. And then Daniel Kilgore starting center goes out with a a leg injury and now he's out for the year Marcus Martin the third round draft pick has taken over for him so you have the same five for the next eight games that that will definitely be beneficial for the Niners but right now I think some of those young players are just having a trial by fire right now now I was looking at Kaepernick's numbers before this interview and it seems like he's projected most part to improve on a lot of his numbers whether it's completion percentage passing yards touchdowns is that offensive line that is hurt like you said the biggest reason why this 49ers offense is ranked 23rd so far this season you know I think there's been a little bit of of everything it's sort of hard to pinpoint on one aspect of of his performance but one thing I've noticed is that the other teams are are playing a lot of cover zero bringing eight nine defenders in the box and looking to stop Frank Gore and when you have that it's very tough to stop some of those interior pass rushers and and some of the edge rushers. We've seen Robert Quinn, Tom Ball Lee, Justin Houston. A lot of talented guys have been matching up against this 49ers offensive line, and so you have to get the ball out quick. You have to design some different plays to, to help Colin get the ball out, and one thing that he talked about is his ability to break free from free rushers and make plays on his own, and that hasn't happened So you look at the numbers, 27 sacks, the most in the National Football League. Colin Kaepernick has been sacked, and that's got to change if the Niners want to stay afloat in the NFC wildcard race and the division race because Arizona's running away with it right now. Yeah, the 49ers defense, though, a different story this season. They rank second in total defense. What has been the main factors in their success so far? I think you have a lot of surprising play. I mean, you look at Navarro Bowman, Alden Smith not being with this team, but the players who've filled in for them have done a great job. Michael Wilhoyd has done a very solid job. Even with Patrick Willis being out, Chris Borland stepped in and had 18 tackles against the Rams. That's the most tackles recorded by Gamebook this year from any player. So a lot of those guys have stepped in, and one player worth mentioning is Aaron Lynch, the 150th overall pick in this year's draft stepping in as a nickel rusher, also working in on some base downs. Dan Scuda and Aaron Lynch have done a nice job of filling in for Alden Smith. So a lot of productive players that haven't been in the lineup, but so far the Niners have found a way to replace some of that production, and hopefully Bowman and Smith will be back in the next month or so to help this team in the final months of the year. We're talking with Taylor Price, senior reporter for 49ers.com. The Niners have a plus-four turnover margin compared to the Saints having a minus-five turnover margin. As much as it's such a cliche to say that the team has the team that turns the ball over the less will win, is that going to be a main key for either team come Sunday? 
Yeah, definitely. I think whatever quarterback is smart with the football, doesn't force it down the field too much, is going to have a good opportunity to win this game. It always comes down to turnovers in the National Football League, and, and that was big in this game. The Niners fumbled it on the on the goal line, and so you don't want to give away free possessions no matter what part of the game it is. And Drew Brees is a prolific great passer and he's had very much a lot of success against the Niners in past games and one thing to watch is is Parrish Cox he's got four interceptions on the year he's he leads the league with 13 pass breakups he's done a great job filling in as we talked about injuries to the to the back end or to the defense I should say Tremaine Brock has been battling a toe injury from week one he's been in and out of the lineup so will he be active again this week we'll have to wait and see but Parrish Cox Jimmy Ward the slot cornerback and Chris Culliver how they match up with New Orleans personnel that's very important because if Drew Brees is going to throw the ball a lot, as the Niners have shown they've been able to stop the, the run, those cornerbacks who are, are gelling as a group, they're going to have to come up big to stop Drew Brees on Sunday. So you mentioned some of those um, as keys for uh, Sunday's win for the 49ers. What, are, what do the 49ers have to do to come out of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome with a win on Sunday? You know, I think they need to be smart with the football. No turnovers, that's always important. But I really think Featuring Frank Gore, that really starts everything for the 49ers offense. You get in good second and third down situations that always plays off well. Then you get the play action passing game going off of Frank Gore if he's able to suck in the linebackers. And I think Vernon Davis, he's someone that we really want to see develop. He's been battling some injuries, and he's already has 16 receptions this year, which is pretty low for for his standards. So if you can get Vernon Davis free against those linebackers and, and the secondary, that's a matchup that the Niners would like to exploit, but they really haven't had the opportunity to because defenses have been sucking in and stopping the running game. So if they're able to run against an eight-man front, get the ball to Vernon and also to Stevie Johnson, who's emerged as a third wide receiver, that'll do well for the Niners. They really need to just stay on time and task with the offense, get the ball rolling. Once you pick up a first down, you're usually able to get one or two and, and then find yourself in, in the other team's territory. So that's what the Niners need to get back to doing. Run the ball, control the, the time possession, and get into their, their different outlets in the passing game through the running attack. Now you mentioned that running attack with, with Frank Gore, and it seemed like at the beginning of the season they gave the ball a little bit more to Carlos Hyde. Is there any particular reason why they've gone away from him a little bit? You know, I think it all comes down to possessions, amount of plays if you're going three and out you're really it's hard for you to get into the playbook run more plays give some other players some looks I think last week they were against the Rams they're trying to get hide the ball in the screen game they were trying to get him involved and we haven't really seen the full complement of the 49ers rushing attack I haven't seen one or two maybe pistol plays the zone read plays I think they're, they might be holding back on that for now they haven't used too much of that but Carlos Hyde ran that at Ohio State so you never know there could always be opportunities for Hyde to develop and show more than just the power running attack right now it looks like Frank Gore is the featured player but Carlos Hyde has done a great job and has been a patient runner he's learning behind the scenes getting ready for his opportunity and you never know when that's going to come now, I know it's only halfway through the season. The next two for the Niners are on the road, but is this sort of a make-or-break game for them for the rest of the season? Definitely. I I think you have to get in that playoff mode right now. It's us against the world mentality. That type of mindset has saved the 49ers in the past where they've had back-to-back -back losses, and they've used that, what the, the press clippings or what people are saying to them on social media, they've used that to their, to their own motivation. And I think 4-4 four and four is not – where you want to be right now and the Niners know that they have to keep pace with Seattle and Arizona in their own division and then you look across at New Orleans they're in the same boat looking to make a run for themselves so this is very much a playoff game but already in November and you don't want to be in that situation but that's what the Niners find themselves in and fortunately for them 
these guys have had a lot of experience playing in New Orleans. They know what it's like in the Dome. The Super Bowl is one memory, but last year with the Mod Brooks' sack on Drew Brees, that was called a penalty that led to a game-winning field goal. So there's a lot of bad blood or bad memories from those Saints games, and this is a good opportunity for the Niners to rectify some of those past defeats in New Orleans. Should be interesting to say the least two 4-4 four and four teams collide on Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. That's Taylor Price, senior writer for 49ers.com. Taylor, thanks for the time and safe travels to the Big Easy this weekend. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. All right, back in a moment. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans are taking flight, and you don't want to miss any of the action. The Pelicans' five-game flex plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket plans are the only way to guarantee seats to the biggest games, including the matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Five-game packages start as low as $45. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your five-game plan today. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Well, I want to thank Steve Martin and uh, Taylor Price for coming on the show, and especially uh, Jen Hale for coming co-hosting after you had your, a true back-to-back with uh, Sunday NFL and Monday. Now you're going to do the back-to-back-to-back. We haven't seen that since the lockout year, but uh, I'm I'm just I, – I don't know how you do it. I, just I guess don't know this is the triple play. The triple play. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so again, uh, tonight, Pelicans and Hornets, 7 o'clock at the Smoothie King Center. There's plenty of tickets available, pelicans.com or 504-525-HOOP. And uh, obviously, you can catch Jen, Joel, and David on Fox Sports New Orleans at 7 o'clock, and Sean and JD on the radio, 105.3 WWL-FM. Jen, before I let you go, um, some final thoughts and maybe some keys for tonight's Pelicans-Hornets. Well, one thing I'll be I'll be curious to watch, you know, Anthony Davis led the league in blocks last year. Al Jefferson, by the way, fourth. Just a little historical note for you. The Hornets haven't had a single shot blocked in the last two games. Oh, wow. So I think that's just wetting the appetite of mm-hmm. both Ashik and AD. So it would be great to see the Pelicans break that streak on the home court tonight. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, how, how the – Hornets like the same type of pace as the Memphis Grizzlies, a defensive grinded out game. They don't shoot the three ball much. They were actually 27th in attempts last season. So this is going to be a low post battle of big men once again at the rim. So uh, I think for old school basketball fans, old school basketball aficionados, it's going to be the type of game they love to watch classic basketball battle. Yeah, the Pelicans are only, excuse me, the Hornets are only averaging. See, I'm already getting mixed up. I know. Up. It's, we're going to do it all night. The Hornets are averaging about 93 points per game. Last year it was around 99 under Steve Clifford, but they're also only allowing 90 points a game, and I think that goes by the pace that you were mentioning um, right now, so it should be an interesting game tonight. Uh, you're also here this morning at Studio B for a fantasy forecast in Social Zone. Will we see those, uh, I think, this afternoon or Wednesday? Hopefully uh, this afternoon and this evening, if not certainly on NewOrleansSaints.com by tomorrow morning. Yeah, it was fun. Uh fantasy forecast we took a look at this uh matchup with the 49ers mm-hmm. 
who fantasy owners should key in on, what the uh, defense is going to try to do. The 49ers do have an excellent run defense. They do. So they are going to be, uh, they're going to have Mark Ingram and Pierre Thomas and company in their crosshairs. So who should fantasy owners pick and focus on? Plus, we looked back at that fantastic win over the Carolina Panthers. You know, because of, of NFL rules, you can't really look back at highlights on the internet except on the NFL team website. Okay. So it's the only place you can really go back and watch those thrilling moments from the Saints' big road demon exercising yeah. win so it, it was great and for social zone we, we kind of took a look back through the season uh using social media using okay. players tweets going all the way back to uh the Greenbrier through halloween night awesome so make sure you go check those out on neworleansaints.com it's the fantasy forecast presented by xbox one and the social zone and so after tonight back on the road again for you where does the nfl on fox take you this weekend you know, karma's a funny thing. I froze to death in Minneapolis this mm-hmm. past Sunday, and so now I get to be in some warm weather for the next three weeks. Uh, I head to Phoenix. I've got the Cardinals and Rams, and then I've got the Cardinals and the Detroit Lions, and then I've got my first game ever in San Diego, the Chargers oh, nice. and the Rams. So I get to thaw out a little bit the next three weeks. Enjoy the warm weather and getting in catch Jen tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans. The Pelicans take on the Hornets. That one starts at 7 o'clock. And speaking of fantasy forecast, tomorrow Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com will stop by uh, and talk, give his take on this week, who to pick up, who to drop. Um, he'll preview the Saints and 49ers from a fantasy perspective. And it is a Wesley Wednesday, so David Wesley will come by or talk on the phone and uh, talk about last night's or tonight's game. Hopefully it is a win, and as always, he'll be on on Wednesday, and then we'll have some Pelicans post-game reaction for you tomorrow so jen i really appreciate you coming by hopefully you can get some rest before tonight's game and hopefully we'll uh talk about a pelicans win tomorrow love it sean will be back in studio b tomorrow for the black and blue report and until then for jen hale i'm daniel salarson have a great rest of your tuesday thanks for listening to this edition of the black and blue report if all goes well we'll be back tomorrow tune in each weekday at 12 p.m or at your convenience exclusively online at neworleansaints.com and pelicans.com follow your teams direct from the source the black and blue report